Tonight's lesson um, goes alongside of the series that we began this morning entitled Disciple Shift. Um, the, the theme of this uh, series is that in order to be a disciple of Jesus, we're trying to be like Him, we're trying to imitate Him in our words, our actions. But if we're to do that effectively, sometimes we need to shift. Sometimes we need to change. While we may have restored the form of New Testament Christianity, there's probably function that might still need some improvement in our lives. And so we're looking at various ways in which we need to uh, shift um, our views on a number of things. This morning we talked about member shift. Uh, what's it mean to be a member of the body of Christ and to some shifts in our thinking about that. Well, tonight I want us to follow up with that idea of membership and I want us to look at the what is the measure of a strong church. We talked about the church this morning and being a member of the church. How do we determine when a church is strong and, and when it's weak? Uh, how do we determine where and when we need to make improvements or where and when we need to kind of pat each other on the back for doing a good job? Um, the Bible tells us that in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 that we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Um, I, I know we hear a lot of bad news sometimes. We hear things about people and, and churches that used to stand faithful and now they've gone by the wayside and uh, strange things, you know, in a lot of corners, people are doing things you never would have thought anybody would have done. And, and sometimes it just seems overwhelming. You can get your fill of that to the point where you think almost like Elijah and say, wow, you know, everybody's gone. I alone remain. Um, but there are still 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal. And, and the kingdom of God will stand forever. There may be digression, and we may have to worry about that and, and pray for people that are involved in that, but I don't fear for the kingdom of God as a whole. Uh, Jesus made a promise. Daniel made a prophecy a long time ago that kingdoms will come and go. They'll rise and fall, but the kingdom of God will stand forever. We have an unshakable kingdom, and it's an honor to be a member and to be a part of that, that kingdom so how do we do and what can we do to strengthen the church? How can we do to strengthen this local body? How do we know where we stand in the great scheme of things? Are we strong or are we weak? Are we floundering or, or have we, you know, have our roots gone deeply and we're planted firmly? If you asked a lot of people, if you just took surveys of people, what's it take? What, what's a good, strong church? You'd get a, as many answers, I suppose, as people that you asked. Some answers are so far-fetched, nothing akin to what you would answer in response to that question. Um, and, and much of it has to do with the entertainment climate or culture that we live in. Uh, you know, you satisfy those kind of needs and felt needs and and uh, entertain me a little bit, and, and man, that is a good church. Uh, I'm all for feeling good, and I'm all for uh, sharing good news of the gospel. The gospel is good news, but there's more to it than just that. And, and so I want us to look at what, you know, if we look at the Bible and see some things that the Bible describes 
are we those things? Uh, here's what I want to do with tonight's lesson. I want to look at how the Bible describes the church. W- what are the ways in which, you know, there are a lot of metaphors. The church is like, how many times did Jesus in his parables say, the church is likened unto a, and you can fill in the blank. He used those illustrations to draw our attention to certain qualities that the church ought to possess or characteristics that the church ought to be. And that's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to look at the church by using or looking at some of the metaphors that the Bible, by which the Bible refers to her. All right, let's start with number one. If we want a church that is a strong church, we need a church that is going to function like a body. The Bible tells us, First uh, Corinthians 12, we talked about all this this morning. First Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12, uh, in Romans 12, verses 3 through 4, First uh, Corinthians 12, beginning around verse 12, going through verse 26, it talks about the church being the body of Christ, and we are members of that body. Again, with that theme this morning that we're talking about, membership in the church is not about, this is where we need a, a shift in our thinking. Membership is not about having your name on a roll where you can be identified with a certain group of people. That's not what it is. We used to have a, a directory about every four years where I used to preach, and, and we would do a church pictorial directory, and there was a family that would show up for their pictorial picture you know, in the directory, and you wouldn't see them again until the next directory. Because they saw church membership as being on the roster, and they were afraid that if they missed a directory picture, if they missed that listing, then somehow they would be excluded. So they always came the week or two before the directory picture, got their picture taken, you wouldn't see them for four years. Um, that's this notion of, well, as long as I have my name on a list, I'm a member. That's not the way the Bible uses the phrase, the terminology. In the Bible, it does talk about members of the church. It does talk about membership, but it's function. It's not a roster, it's function. We're members, we're parts of the body, the the hand, the eye, the the foot, the tongue. And, And all those, membership has more to do about function than it does belonging and having your name on a roster. If we want to be a strong church, we need to function like a body. And as we said this morning, what do we do as a body when part of our body suffers? When part of our body suffers through maybe their own negligence, maybe it's because of their own um, sinfulness, Um, do we run from them? Do we say, I'm not going to be a part of that church body because they have people that are imperfect there. And and, uh, I see mistakes and I see flaws. I see flaws in the leadership. I see flaws in the preacher. I see flaws in the people I sit in the pew next to. I'm going to go find a better church. Really? Is that what it means to function as a body? What happens when you hurt your finger? Don't you rally around that finger? Let's say, you know, I'm right-handed, and I hurt my hand, and I can't use my hand. You know what happens? I try to compensate. You know, my left hand will rise to the occasion and try to do some things that I don't typically do with it, because that's what a body does. It, it, it doesn't run away from, it, it compensates for 
the imperfections that we see in the body. There are people who are still trying to grow in maturity, in Christ-likeness in this church. They haven't perfected it yet. I'm one of them. And so I'm going to do things from time to time that are outside the character of Jesus. I'm going to say things that sometimes Jesus would never have said. And, and what I need you to do when I make those kind of mistakes is not run from me and find a better place, but to help me and, and to encourage me and to lift me up and, and to uh, you know, show compassion and kindness and long-suffering and patience and forgiveness and all those things we talked about this morning. If we're going to be a strong church, we don't run from our imperfections we, we compensate for them. We need to function as a body of Christ. In order to be a strong body, every member, and there's that word member, has something to do. They have a job. Membership isn't a roster. It is a, it is a work. It is a function. And so if you're here, part of this body of Christ, again, I ask, what is your function? Because that's what mean, well, that's the biblical meaning of membership. You have a function in the body of Christ. What is your function? If you find yourself saying, I don't know, I, I don't know what I contribute, then you need to think about that and brainstorm and find a way to contribute because that's what being a part of the body is. If we want to be a strong church, we function like a body. Number two, we love like a family. Um, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 that the church is the house of God. It, it, it's, it's the place where it's family. You, you live in your homes. And, and we're the household of God. As members of the church, we're, we're family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. How, how often is that expression used, brothers and sisters? Jesus is our older brother. Um, how does a family love? Well, I know how it works in my family, and I'm, I suppose it probably works the same in yours. We love each other. We look out for the good of one another. We correct one another. We discipline one another. We call each other to tasks sometimes. We rejoice with each other. When someone succeeds at something, we, we build them up. We praise them. When, when they fail at something, we hold them up and support them. That's what families do. And that's what we need to do as a church. When a person comes into the body of Christ here at Carnes, they need to find family. They need to find people who will hold them up, lift them up, encourage them, strengthen them, support them when they succeed and when they fail. That's what families do. And the church is described as a family. Here's a third thing that we need to do if we want to be a strong church. And that is we need to praise like a temple. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we, well... Uh, as a people, as an individual, as well as a church collectively, we're the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in us. And what is, you know, when you look back at the Old Testament and you get that, that all those types in the Old Testament that 
pointed to, alluded to, gave vague references to what was yet to come, that whole temple deal, the whole sacrificial system, the whole priesthood, all of this holy man serving and functioning in this house of God, um, what does that describe? What, what does that prefigure? It prefigures the church. We're the temple of God. God doesn't dwell in a physical structure anymore on top of the Ark of the Covenant. He dwells here in our hearts. He dwells in the church. He dwells in individual Christians. So what do we do with that? I mean, how do we live that out? Do we live a holy, consecrated life? In the Old Testament, there was a temple... And holy men attended to it. You know what the Bible says about Christians? We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart for God's own use. Just as God had holy men to see about and to work about his, his business in the Old Testament, it hasn't changed in that respect. God still expects holy men and women to function as priests in his kingdom and to serve him. And again, question, you know one of the problems that they had in the Old Testament? Those priests got lazy and they got greedy. And sometimes they would offer to God things that weren't acceptable. They would offer the lame Things they they would take a, a lamb that had a broken leg, and the people would would offer you know not the best of their flocks, but the worst, um, in order to you know okay, well I'm appeasing God and and I'm getting rid of some baggage at the same time. Have you ever seen benevolence sometimes done? Um, you know somebody has a need, and, and and almost their need is a is a um, is a good thing for me. Because it enables me to empty out all my junk. You know, I, I, we've collected sometimes for benevolence needs, and we had to take stuff to the dump before we could take it to the people who needed it. I, I, I used it, you know, and people used it as a, a, a blessing to them rather than blessing someone else. Priesthood in the Old Testament, they were to give the best to God. They were to give of themselves. They were to be holy and pure people and to offer holy and pure sacrifices to God. What do we do today? Do we give God our best? Do we offer... We're worshiping here tonight. We've, we've already... You know, Seavers led us in some songs where we sang songs of praise to God. Did you engage yourself? Or did you sing words and just try to pay attention to the, the melody and stay on tune? Did you engage yourself in what we actually sang? If not, have you lifted up? Have you truly worshipped? We had prayer. We had scripture reading tonight. Did that just kind of buzz by? Or did you engage yourself? In a, a, a strong church is a church that praises like a temple. We're the house of God. We're the people of God. Let's offer up praise that is acceptable to God. Let's take great care when we come into his presence to do the right thing, to, to have the right attitudes, to engage ourselves in this time of, of worship. 
Number four, if we want to be a strong church, we need to submit like a kingdom. The Bible talks about the church as the kingdom of God in a number of places, and Jesus Christ is king of kings. He's king over his kingdom. Kings and kingdoms have rule, they have territory, they have laws, and and the king is supreme. In the kingdom of God, in the church of Jesus Christ, if we want to be a strong church, we need to submit to Jesus like a kingdom would its king. Because that's what he is. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords, and, and we have been granted the privilege to be transported into the, transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Man, what an honor. Here we are. We're, we're nobodies. We're, we're sinners at best saved by grace. And, and God has said, you know what I'll do with you? I'll take you and I'm going to put you and grant you citizenship into the kingdom of my Son. Colossians 1 and verse 13. You're kidding me. We get to do that? We, we get to be... Do you know how many people would... Lo- Just this week, I have had three or four emails from a guy. I don't even know what country he's from. But it looks like a third world country from the dialogue that we've been having. He wants so badly to come to the United States. He says he wants to learn to preach and go back to his homeland. But he, he wants... he oh. Does he ever want to come to the United States? I can understand why. I would be standing in line if I were, if it were possible to have the blessings and the benefits of this nation. Man, we live in a great nation. If you think the United States is good, what about the kingdom of God? Ruled and reigned over by a perfect, benevolent king? who never does anything wrong, who is always making the right decisions. You never have reason to second-guess or, or to, to criticize his judgments. He's always right. Can you imagine living in a nation where the president always did the right thing? That's the kingdom of God. Those who are citizens in the kingdom of God don't need to argue with them. They don't need to... to, to uh, wrestle with his legislation, twist it. They need to accept it. They need to love it. Because after all, it's given for our own good. A a church that is strong is a church that says, I know Jesus is my king, and I've been granted the privilege to be a citizen in his kingdom. So I'm going to follow him. I'm going to do whatever he asks Wherever he leads, I'll follow. And then here's the last point. If we want to be a strong church, we need to be a church that is pure like a bride. You know, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 2, the Bible says that we are to be presented to God, and it's Jesus' desire to present us to God as a pure, chaste virgin. He wants us to be clean. He wants us to be pure and to be holy. A defiled, sinful church is not what God wants. 
when the day of judgment comes and, and churches, look at the book of Revelation and look at these churches. Some of them had problems and Jesus looks down and says, here, here are the things you need to fix. You need to get this right and this right. And, and if they didn't, he said, I'll remove your candlestick from you. You'll, you'll no longer be a church of Christ anymore because of your sin. I, I need to present to God a pure, a pure church without spot and blemish. A church, you know, needs to be like that bride who walks down the aisle in her white dress, who's kept herself pure so that she can enjoy and have the full benefits of marital love. That's what God wants from us. If we want to be a strong church, we're going to be a church that promotes purity. We're going to be a church that strives for purity, that opposes impurity in all forms and fashions. That's what a strong church will be. So if you look at those four or five things that we've looked at tonight, that's what makes a strong church. These come directly from the Word of God. These are things, these are illustrations, metaphors that God uses to say, you know what, the church needs to be, it needs to be a body, it needs to be a family, it needs to be a temple, a kingdom, a bride. Those are God's words. What is he trying to convey by those illustrations? I think we've talked about those tonight. He's conveyed function. He's conveyed love. He's conveyed praise, submission, purity. That's what makes a great church. It's not numbers on a board. It has nothing to do with contribution. It has nothing to do with the size of a church building. Uh, the other day, Kim and I and the, and the kids, when we were in Denver, we, we drove on up to Cheyenne, Wyoming, just because we'd never been to Wyoming before, and we wanted to add, you know, mark off a state. And um, while we were there, I, I looked to see if there was a church. And there was this uh, little Church of Christ on a bad side of town, little building, it looked like it was a house that was converted to a to a building. You know, they didn't have a whole lot going for them in terms of uh, location and and signage and aesthetics. But you know what? If those people were serving God and trying to be what He wants to be, they were faithful. They were the bride of Christ. God took pleasure in them. And takes pleasure in them. The measure of a strong church is in fulfilling the purposes of these metaphors that we've looked at tonight. I want you to consider those things. And if there are areas in which, you know, maybe, maybe you say, well, you know what? I've got this body thing down really well. I mean, I'm right there. I'm, 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 I'm right on the ball. If there's anything that needs to be done, I'm right there. I'm, I'm ministering to the body. That's great. But what about praise? What about, you know, some other... Some of those things you may say, check, 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 uh, not so good. Find what it is that you need to work at and get better at it. God doesn't want us just to excel in a couple things. He wants us to do well in all of these things. And so I think there's something there to challenge us tonight. Uh, give thought to this this week as you go out and, and live among your friends and your neighbors, your co-workers, and remember who you need to be. Remember what it means to be 
a part of the body of Christ, a Christian, a member who has been placed into citizenship in the kingdom of God, wow, what an honor. If you're not yet a member of that kingdom, if you're not yet a citizen in the kingdom of God, entrance is simple. All you have to do is follow what God said. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Are you willing to turn from a life of sin and turn to a life of holiness and try to be an imitator, a disciple of Jesus? If you are, then repent of your past sins, be baptized into Christ, and you will be added to his kingdom, a citizen, an heir of heaven. If you haven't done that, do that tonight. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful, maybe there are some things that you need to improve in that we've talked about tonight. And you want, not that you've done anything wrong necessarily, but you just want strength. You want the prayers of your brothers and sisters. As I said this morning, we're members one of another. This whole idea of membership, let's quit talking about role and let's start talking about function. We rally around those who need help. We don't run from. And if you need help, we'll pray with you tonight if you'll come as we stand together and sing.